live A-C-U. from the ACU of Texas Studios. This is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. What is up? Welcome on in. You're listening to Wild Card Sports on Clear Lake Today Radio. I'm your host as always, Will. Uh, flying solo again here without Chuck or Steven or Trina here, but uh, got a very special guest coming on a little bit later, Evan the Suburban Menace. If you've listened to our show in the past, I'm sure you're familiar with him, but man, we got a great show for you guys here. We thought we were really going to be in the dog days of summer, but man, the Astros, Rockets, NFL just keep feeding us news after news, but we got a great show today. Of course, as I said, we're going to talk a little bit about that Rockets. We've seen small ball four games in. We're going to get some of the thoughts on that. Uh, as well, NFL destinations. This, as I said last week, this might be the most loaded quarterback free agent class that we've ever seen. A lot of game changers out there. Going to be a lot of fun to fun to see. But we got to start off talking with this. If, unless you've been listening, living under a rock, you know what's going on with the Houston Astros. New news this week, of course, is the Astros scandal. New reports. Uh, they dive into the details of what exactly happened, further incriminating the likes of Lunau and really, moreover, Carlos Beltran. On top of all that, we had our first one-on-one interview with A.J. Hinch. He, of course, took full responsibility, uh, had some interesting thoughts on what happened in that 2017 season. But I want to start with this. Yesterday, the Astros had their first presser publicly apologizing for the actions of the 2017 season. And while it's unlikely anything could be said to appease the national media or baseball fans in general, they certainly didn't help their cause with a lack of contrition. Jim Crane also as well denied any responsibility, stumbled over his words, and really furthered what national media is now looking at as one of the biggest mess-ups in baseball history. But the fact is, if you're looking for any type of contrition, then you're looking in the wrong wrong place. Let's go back to 2017. This was going into Springer's uh, third full, full year, if I'm not mistaken, Carlos Correa's second full year, and Bregman's first full year in the major leagues. Altuve entered that season as a previous batting champ, so I'm not going to say he didn't use the the cheating or the trash cans, but from what I've heard, this was something that Jose Altuve didn't take part in. But enter Carlos Beltran into that 2017 season, grizzled veteran who goes in there, tells this Astros locker room that they are well well behind the times, and the state of the game is where it's at, where of course the cheating is going on. So Carlos Beltran, among others, introduced this cheating scandal. Now go back to it. These young guys are entering third full year, second full year, first full year. How are these guys going to stand up to Carlos Beltran and the likes of other guys that are implementing this? Now the fact is, these guys coming up are aware that the state where the state of baseball is at. So we're expecting them to be sorry for coming up and basically being a product of what the Astros team made them to be. Obviously, the Astros went above and beyond what any other team did. But all I'm saying is that if you're expecting the likes of Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman to be the guys that come out to the forefront of this and take full responsibility for this, you're looking in the wrong spot. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and bring on my very awesome co-host for today, Evan, the Suburban Menace. Evan, thanks for coming on. Oh, great great to be here, Will. I really appreciate you coming on. we got a new pad here, dude. It's a, it looks wonderful over here. Yeah, it's, pre- it's, pretty, it's pretty nice. I've talked about it for the last, I think, three episodes. I mean, the, the setup here is incredible. we got a nice little uh, ocean side view. Uh, is, that, is that even the ocean out there? I don't know. We're in Kima. Uh, the, the bay. Kima Bay. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, whatever it whatever. is. I can see the roller coaster. That yeah. was, that's what matters. 
Yeah, well, Evan, of course, I was talking a little bit about those Houston Astros. I'm sure you saw these these past re- uh, reports this last week, the interview with A.J. Hinch. Uh, so I'll start with that. The AJ, Inch, A.J. Hinch interview took full responsibility for everything that went on, but he did say something that I found very interesting in that interview. He talked about how he was not as confident as a manager back then as he is now, that he indicated that him being able to stand up the guys like Carlos Beltran, the grizzled veterans in there that really implemented this, he wasn't prepared to do that. So I'll ask you, what were your thoughts on this AJ Hinch interview? Do you understand some, where he's coming from on a lot of this? Or the fact is, you got to write the ship if you're him. I think to back up what you said earlier, uh, just watch. I mean, I watched Hinch, uh, Altuve, Bregman, and Lunau, and everybody else talk about it. And there really did seem like a lack of, I don't want to say authenticity, but maybe contrition's the right word. Like it was, we got got, we still have a championship. What are you really going to do about it? And I think that's part of why the national media is pushing this thing to the extent it's at is not only did. I don't think people care that we cheated. I think cheating mm-hmm. and play stealing has gone on in every sport for year after year um, for forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's as large a deal as everyone's making out to be. It's the it's the audacity of it. It's the beating of the trash cans. It's like the 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 just the the loudness and the almost I don't I don't want to say like they were bragging about it, but at the same time they just certainly weren't keeping in the dark. Oh yeah, I mean it, it was. I mean the world. I mean baseball's worst kept secret that this yeah. was going on. But, exactly. But. but- Go ahead. Well, to add to that, I, I mean, I don't think that anyone in the locker room necessarily wanted to change things. Like, if you if you really want to make a team effect, I mean, who better to call that than AJ Hinch than the new you know the new coach that comes in? And I mean, the same thing Verlander said on the radio, and and national media kind of tore it up for him. He's like, "Man, I wish I would have had more pull in that locker room, and I would have said something," you know. And it's like, dude, like you're Justin Verlander, like yeah, you're, you're AJ Hinch, yeah. you know. Like at the end of the day, you're the coach or you're the star player. Like it, it's on you to make a change in that locker room. Or change the culture so i'm not i'm not buying all of it at the same time i think it's blown up a little bit like i said i mean people have been stealing plays forever uh funny story off the bill simmons uh podcast Mm -hmm. if you have a second uh they were talking about the same kind of uh the same kind of scandal and they were bringing up how the boston celtics back in the 80s uh when they really first did the uh the coaches interviews and the timeouts Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe it was I a series against yeah. the 76ers, <laughs> and they were talking about how every time they went to timeout, they'd come out and they'd call co- the coach would tell the play and everything, and, and the camera would be right the, there. The camera there, and yeah. someone from the Boston Celtics, every single time they did it, would run off to the restroom, quote unquote, <laughs> and uh, would hear the play mm-hmm. on the TV, and then run back in and be like, "Okay, this is what they're going to run." And they won a championship that year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like well, this has been happening forever. I think it's the audacity of the trash cans. I think it's the lack of contrition. I think it's the lack of sorrow that we've seen over the Astros players over the last couple days that's really driving media and public opinion on this so yeah. no I, I agree 100 percent. i mean at, at least from the media perspective on this now you know I, you know you you point to aj hinch having to put a stop to this and yeah it, at the end of the day it was on him this was his locker room but i i do understand where he's coming from being scared to lose a locker room i understand that but at the end of the day you are the manager that's a risk you got to take when you've got when that's your job but i mean at the same time you know Again, people are looking for these, you know, these young guys, Alex Bregman, you know, Carlos Correa, George Springer. I mean, obviously, like I said at the beginning of the show, nothing that they say is going to make anybody happy at this point. But for them to for them to expect us to just basically, you know, sink down in the weeds for Alex Bregman, uh, Carlos Correa, these guys to get on their knees and beg for forgiveness. This was the environment they were brought up in. This is the state of baseball, the way that it is right now. And for people to be so upset about that. 
I mean, you got to look at baseball as a whole. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody is trying to gain some type of unfair advantage. And I mean, if we're going to say, which it looks like the reports say that, you know, Carlos Beltran, Alex Cora, those are the guys that really came in and implemented this. Look at where Carlos Beltran came from. Where did he come from right before he came to us? He played for the Rangers for one year, but the Yankees before that. And I mean, of course, the Yankees are at the forefront of this basically... Uh, triggered national media. And I, I just, I, I think that you are naive to look at this and think that this isn't going on elsewhere. I mean, no one's going to blame the Yankees. I, the reason you're hearing about it from the Red Sox and the Astros is because those two teams won championships in the last three years. Mm-hmm. If the Yankees won a championship two years ago, you, you can bet like hell that we'd be hearing it from the Yankees every single day. <sighs> um, and I, I, like I said, that combined with, I mean, Bregman and Altuve, especially Bregman, I, Dude, what is he doing with his hands yesterday during the interview? Did anyone <laughs> no, else pulling, see that? A, pulling a Ricky yeah. Bobby out? No, he was, I don't know yeah, he was doing. It was almost like the Trump, like the Trump triangle. He was yeah. doing, like clapping his hands together when he was talking. And I was like, dude, what are you like? You know, he did seemed, not want to apologize. Oh yeah. he was not about it at all. Obviously, I, I mean, but at the same time, like you said, it's a it's a culture thing that they came into, especially these young players, the Altuve's, the Bregmans, the Springers of the world. Like, what do you want them to do when it's like everyone else around you yeah. is all coaches are a telling you to player, do it, administrations telling you to do it. What do you expect them to do? Yeah. Um, so that's why I think Hinch, uh, maybe to the extent of some older veteran players like the Justin Verlanders of the world, I give a little bit of the the blame to. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it was something that young players came in. They're like, okay, this is what everyone's doing. This is just a thing in baseball, you mm-hmm. know. Like it's it's just part of the game. It's trying that gamesmanship of trying to figure out what your pitcher's throwing or other stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we took it to the extreme, and and part of why the media's eating us up is the audacity of it all, right? So. Yeah. And I mean, um, but yeah, what can you do? I, I give I give Altuve and Bregman way more of a pass than some of the other guys involved in the organization and administrative, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where the it starts and stops right there. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, if if you've got a job and your boss tells you to do something, most of the time you're going to do it unless you have some major moral obligation against it. So yeah, and I mean, and the fact is, you know, I I firmly believe that if Mike Fires doesn't come out and talk about this, we're we're not talking about this oh, right no. now. I mean, it happened two years ago. I, ha- like I said, in national media and, and MLB is saying now that it it ended in early 2018. It was a 2017 issue. There was no cheating in 2019. If you look at the yeah, like there's how no the way Astros they could. fall off. You know, it's not like the Astros had this big break off for what mm-hmm. they were right so maybe an apology needs to be issued to those pitchers i think you darvish is one we talk about all the time yeah. where they just lit him up and they probably shouldn't have um but like at the end of the day what are you looking at a couple major playoff games that it mm-hmm. might have had some sort of implication toward i'm not saying it's not a big deal but i'm saying everyone's looking for that edge yeah I, you know i going back to it, i just look at this and everybody knew this was going on in 2017 worst kept secret in baseball so yeah. a, a couple points i'll make on this first off if you're the astros those are not dumb guys in the locker room yep. those are guys that know that uh, there's a chance that they're going to release a pitcher there, there's going to be somebody that's not going to be happy with the organization and if they were the only ones doing this they would have to realize that somebody's going to come out somebody's going to blow the whistle on this the fact is this is going on all around baseball which is something everybody knows but i think it's interesting how what links the mlb is is going to try and go to to try and cover this up and, and try to basically keep it from getting out that the rest of MLB is doing this. You already look at what's going on this past week. Okay, what's the biggest news that MLB that MLB is dealing with? The Astros, these pressers. So what does MLB come out uh, with? Biggest news in sports. Yeah. Dude. So what does yeah. MLB come out with? They say, oh, you know what? We're no gonna, one else look. No, we're gonna yeah. make. We're gonna do some major playoff changes. We're gonna try to turn it into almost yeah. a reality television show. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting that they're doing this because they know what the state of baseball is at right now. Yep. The, the A's came out back in 2017, somewhere through 
throughout the year. They sent a complaint to the Major League Baseball. The only reason that this is a big story is because somebody put a name to it and Mike Fires and went to the media, made a big deal. Now MLB is going to try and cover this up. You Going back, I think it might have been the Bill Simmons podcast, or no, maybe it was Ryan Rosillo. Somebody out there was interviewing Jeff Passan, who's one of the MLB beat writers for ESPN. And he he said that at the uh, at the uh, owners meetings when they were they out they were out there talking he got an interview with Rob Manfred the commissioner of baseball and he asked he he brought up all those points to Rob Manfred about how the state of baseball is where it's at and he said are you going to investigate these other teams and as soon as he asked that Rob Manfred said no we're not going to any links to 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 you know investigate any other teams this is an interview this is, an, this is on record he said we're not going to investigate wow. any other teams That's major league baseball knows what the state of baseball is and they know how bad it's going to hurt them if it comes out that everybody in baseball is cheating that's why you're not going to see these big ramifications against the yep. red Sox. you're not going to see them do any other investigations against anybody else it's just the state of baseball and it's unfortunate that the astros had to be the the faces of this so-called state of baseball at this point but you know what? Target's on their back, and you know what? There's going to be a lot of fake anger out there, I think, with other major league teams. Oh, yeah, but. for sure. I, I mean, I think, and I don't know if they're going to get any more extensive in the Red Sox research, but it looks like definitely the two of us are the big scapegoats and us being the primary ones because, I mean, it's it's a trash can, dude. You mm-hmm. know, it's just it's loud. It's out yep. there. It's something easily that everyone can understand. Be like, oh, well, that's cheating, you mm-hmm. know, right away. It's just so every single person in America, whether they're a sports fan or not, can have an opinion on this. And I think that's part of why it's so polarizing, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. what can you do? I mean, yeah. we're just gonna have to bear through it and we're gonna have to prove them wrong in 2020. I mean, that's gonna be the big thing. I think, like I said, I, I don't think a lot of people even know that they're not being accused of doing anything in 2018 and 2019. And they're looking at this Astros, I don't know if I want to call it a dynasty, but this Astros team who's been great for the last five years, and they're pointing to this as that's, this is the reason for it, mm-hmm. right? So I think like in 2020, I think if the Astros come out and the bats are hot, you're going to forget about a lot of this talk really quickly. Uh, I really I really think I, that. Oh, I disagree there. I mean, I think I think people are going to hold on to this for a long time. I mean, you look back at, I mean, all I mean, the, the amount the of Patriots, anger that people have. Look at Boston, like I just talked but about, base, man. honestly, like, baseball is different, man. I mean, people it's America's uh, game. Yeah, I'm just saying, baseball fans are different. Baseball yeah. writers are different. I mean, they've kept Pete Rose out of the Hall of Fame for all these years. It's absolutely ludicrous. Let him in the Hall, dude. I'm Same just with saying Reggie that, Bush. Get Reggie Bush's Heisman back. That, this is un- unbelievable, man. How's it? Like, come on, people. All I'm saying is, people aren't going to forget. People aren't going to forget about this, and it's going to be a long time. The best thing the Astro- Astros can do, though, is go out there and win. Because, man, I said this last week. I want to beat the Yankees so bad in the playoffs. Yeah. It, like, they, there would be no. I mean, there'd be no bigger triggered fans than the New York oh, yeah. New York Yankee fans and the national or the New York media because it would be absolutely great. But you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, like I said, the, the, as you said, this wasn't going on in 2018. There was no way that it could, from what I've heard from my sources and things like that. MLB, I, hey, I got sources, man. Uh, was an insider, guys. I'm telling you, and, I and, hey, MLB, MLB placed security in those in those tunnels in the video room. There was absolutely no way they could have cheated in 2018, 2019. The buzzers, the buzzer story is completely fake. It, it was made from a fake Twitter account. I, it was a fake yeah. Twitter account that brought this buzzer theory up, and now it's a national. I was headline. at that game, so I I feel a little biased. Yeah, but I just I refuse to believe that's real. Uh, definitely. <sighs> 
But the, those photos of Altuve holding it, and then you just crop that. It's like you know, it's but the, he it's, did the, it's, it's it's the news media in 2020, man. You know, you crop together a couple pictures, a couple storylines. Like you said, it doesn't matter if it's fake Twitter. It's out there now. Yeah, you know, that's that's a, it, dude. And I think it wouldn't be that big a deal if it was like the Patriots. You know, like they were. Well, the Patriots just don't show any remorse for anything. They're just well, they're they were like, stealing. But it was like, quiet. You, we cheated. It and was we don't quiet. Care. It was quiet. They yeah. were like, we're not going to follow us up with a, a press release or anything like that. They're going to be like, okay, yeah, we had a guy sneak in and try to sneak a player or two. You didn't even hear it Belichick say It that. wasn't loud. I mean, it wasn't even, but like, I think it was the trash cans. Like, that's what everyone wants to bring up. Is it's like, it's just like this loud, polarizing thing, thing that yeah. everyone can understand. Like, if, if they were cheating in some other way or some other facet, I don't think it's be as big a deal. So... I don't know. I, I think it goes away if the Astros have a good 2020. So let's hope. Uh, let's hope the bats. I, are I don't. I think if they win the 2020 title, people are still saying, or at uh, least angry cheaters. fans are going to be yeah. like, "Yeah, they cheated their Who, way to a title." Uh, where are we at on our pitching lineup, by the way? Uh, pitching rotation. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously the first two are set. I think the Astros are in a great spot. I mean, you got you look at three through five just quickly here. I mean, Jose Urquidy is going to be. You had a dominating postseason performance in the World Series. I think he's going to he's going to lock down one of those spots. I mean, Brad Peacock, you can plug back into the rotation. Uh, Forrest Whitley one of the top prospects in baseball that people keep forgetting about. I mean, there's a good chance like he's going to come in there at some point and he's going to lock down the rotation. And, you know, I, I, yeah, I guess you can't, you can't put faith in this front office just yet yeah, because it's, say, it's new, it's a new front office, but it's a lot of so the same to guys you, in there. As so. a lifelong Astros fan and someone who follows the sport very closely, what kind of long-term effects do you think this will have? I mean, because like we said, I mean, as far as player ramifications go, it's, it's not a huge deal. I mean, it's just AJ Hanch and Lunau, you're, you're losing mostly, right? And it feels yeah. like they've made, I don't want to say great replacements, but for scooping two people up, mm-hmm. I mean, Dusty Baker's been in the MLB forever and has a pretty clean slate. James and then, Click, uh, James Click is your yeah. analytics guy, dude. So maybe you know the new Mori of the M- or MLB. We'll yeah, see. I mean, I know I you know I, I hate to break it to all the you know all the hurt fans out there for these Astros cheating scandal, but they're not going to be hurt very bad. You are you know what's funny is one of the uh, one of the things that people aren't even paying attention is international signings that the Astros have made a killing in. I mean, yeah. look at uh, your, uh, Jordan Alvarez, which they traded for, but that was a guy that they had yep. sights on. Jose Altuve, those where they get, they get a lot of their great players as an international uh, you know international pool. People aren't realizing it's another quiet thing. The Astros have the top international prospect about to sign with him Pedro Leon he's an outfielder man if you get it in depth if you go to some of these like uh not Reddit but these MLB uh forums where there's pretty educated fans out there man they are livid they're they're like there's no way there's no way the Astros should have any money in the international pool to go out there and sign anybody but yeah quietly the Astros are going to sign the best international prospect in Pedro Leon so this isn't going to hurt the Astros. They lost a first and second round pick for the next two years. But you hear I mean, that Astros fans go buy season tickets right now while they're cheap. Make a move. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too worried about that. But I mean, the one thing I do think is going to follow them is this, is this national narrative of them being cheaters. I mean, That's but not going to go anywhere. Day, like if 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 they've said they haven't done it for two years and they come out and start whooping ass right away dude like what are what are the what is everyone gonna do they're gonna be pissed off i mean you already saw the first the first game the first uh, game in los angeles they're playing the angels and so I, they already sold like a group package of 800 tickets to dodger fans dodger fans are going to the angels game just so they can boo the astros at this point that's pretty crazy. you know what hey all i'm saying is that the astros might have uh, more viewership that they've had in uh, quite some time i think they've got three national tele- nationally televised games in like the first two weeks Man. I mean, we're still a great team, and now Ooh. we're now we're more polarizing. If anything, I think the media is going to like putting us on TV more because you're either going to love us or you're going to hate us. You yeah. know, 
Still the third best team in baseball, yeah. you'd say right now. Oh no, I think I still think, and I mean, the lineup is is the best lineup in baseball, in my opinion. I don't care what you have to say about the Yankees. Really? When what they are the Dodgers the making moves? Too, Dodgers man. got Mookie Betts. I, yeah. I mean, that right now, they, I mean, they already might have been the best lineup there, in baseball. There's and then three. You had there's three teams that are, of course, yeah. the cream of the crop. You I got thought the we'd Astros, be third Dodgers. in that ranking, in your opinion. No, I, I I still like us over the Dodgers. I mean, the the bullpen last year was just the Dodgers undoing, and right. I, I I don't see them making any changes that are going to get them that much better. And they are paying what half of David Price's contract at this point, which yeah, is absolutely the worst contract in baseball. Uh, maybe outside of Chris Davis, but th- that is one of the worst contracts in baseball. So I, you know, I, I think the Yankees are going to be for real. But you know, st- same thing. I mean, their their pitching rotation depth is going to be very questionable. I mean, if Luis Severino can stay healthy, that's going to be a dangerous one too with Cole and Severino. And the other thing, not to get off on my on another tangent, but I mean, people thinking that Garrett Cole is going to go there and do what he did the last two years for us. He's going to be good. Don't mistake what I'm saying. But to think that he's going to put up the historical numbers that yep. he put up the last two years, yep. if he does that in, over the life of his contract in New York, you're looking at the greatest pitcher of all time. So, you know what, people, uh, you know what, Yankee fans, hold I mean, I'm on sure, to that. I'm sure a lot of uh, Tigers fans said the same thing about Justin Verlander when he left. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, we'll see. I mean, no, I, I fully expect Garrett Cole to be great. I just don't think he's going to be the best thing that people yeah. think he's going to be. All right. Well, we spent enough time on that one. I mean, I, I the biggest thing for the Astros to do is get the season started. They just need to get on yep. the field. I mean, the, those and win. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you come out of the gate losing, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a bigger deal. Yeah. It, like, it's, like, it, it, it is, is. going to be brutal. Yeah. And I mean, the, the fact is, like I said, there's nothing they could have said yesterday that was going to make it better, but they did not help. I mean, hey, Jim Crane, my God, what, what, a did, terrible he, what did he interview. say when he was like, yeah, uh, we, they didn't catch us doing anything. No, no. Well, first first us, off, he's yeah, like, he, he, was like, like I had, he, he said something like, I have nothing to be sorry about. And then yeah. he said, uh, in our opinions, there's no way that this cheating made a difference in the game. And then yeah. literally within, I think, three minutes later, they asked him a question. He's like, he's like, well, there's no way to tell if the cheating made a difference. So it's like you went back against yeah. yourselves. It was just, it was awful. Just, hey, just absolutely In one awful. of those situations, I feel the, the less you say, the better, man. Yeah. And Alex Bregman, put your hands down, yeah. dude. What are you doing? Yeah. Is this your first time? Did no one coach you up on this, man? On a scale of Ugh. on a scale of zero to watching uncut gems, how painful was that? Oh, uh, that was like a one because uncut gems is a ten. Oh man, we're, we got to talk about that. Dude. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, on. We watched we can uncut get on gems. Bas- last we can get night. on basketball. Ooh man, that Shoe was Kevin Durant. That was painful. Kevin Garnett into the yeah, conversation. Yeah. So stick around. Yeah, I'll, uh, after all of this, we're going to talk a little bit about uncut gems. Give our thoughts on that one. Um, but all right, so yeah, let's go move on. Of course, uh, uh, you know Houston. The Astros, a lot of stuff that they're being in the media for for the wrong reasons. But hey, you look across the way, you know, go uh, down fifty nine a little bit, a uh, little bit what west. You got those Houston Rockets making some moves here. Evan, last week we talked about it. The Rockets unveiled the small ball lineup. Uh, I think last Thursday against the Lakers. Me and Devin talked about it last week. So Rockets now two and two since unveiling the small ball lineup, getting rid, uh, getting rid of Clint Capella. You know, there's been some ups, there's been some downs for this one. Really only one bad game that they had where Harden uh, just, I'm sorry, Westbrook didn't play against the Suns. They got dominated. Uh, But what are your thoughts so far on the small ball lineup? Uh, Dude, I think it it is what we thought it'd be, right? Um, I understand why they implemented it. I mean, I don't think Clint Capella, the team we had right now, I don't think was a championship team, and we had to change up our dynamic a little bit. And it's it's one of those things where I think we were like 75, 80% dedicated to this whole small ball Mm -hmm. three and inside game and 
the crazy part about it is we retained our best paint player on mm-hmm. the team, who is oh, yeah. our point guard as Just well. Dominating. Yeah, which is absolutely ludicrous, and I don't think anyone in the NBA has that luxury. 234 points in the last 10 um, games. But it's like crazy. we've said, and I think, you said it, I think you said it last week with Devin on the podcast was, uh, I mean, this is how the Warriors, this is how the whole idea of the death lineup uh-huh. and scoring points and the new NBA kind of came about. Um, but just go back on the four games. I mean, all we have so far is those to look at. Um, it's pretty clear when it works and when it doesn't work. I mean, Harden was absolutely awful against mm-hmm. the Suns. Um, but we shot 11 of 48 from three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the winning games, you had 15 of 42 against Utah. You had 19 of 42 against the Lakers. And you had 13 of 45 against the Celtics. So not much better shooting percentages, but better than they did against the Suns. And you had, you know, winners or you won a chance to win all those games uh, along with Utah against good playoff mm-hmm. NBA teams. Um, so it's obvious that it's obvious to me that other teams in the NBA don't have an answer for slowing it down yet. Um, we'll see how it translates to the playoffs. Obviously I think they let a little bit more fly in the playoffs and, and they're going to, it's, it's more of an inside run and operated game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you have to have inside guys, you have to have a little bit more post play and a rim protector to win in the playoffs is what we've seen pretty much every year, except the year that the Warriors won. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, you, you brought it, I mean, yeah, I brought it up last week. I mean, the, the scariest lineup that we've seen in our lifetime, I mean, and granted, we didn't see a lot of, te- a lot of great NBA teams, yep. but the scariest lineup we've seen in the hit in our lifetime is that lineup of death. I mean, so, for us to sit here and say that small ball is not going to work or that we have no sample size of small ball ever, I mean, that's that's naive to say that. But, I mean, yeah, right now, teams are going to figure this out. Right now, what teams are doing is they're trying to force the mismatch that they have inside. I mean, you saw it with the Lakers in that first game. It was like, oh, we got Anthony Davis on P.J. Tucker. Let's feed it in there. And the Rockets knew that was going to happen. You know, come playoffs, I'm not going to I'm not going to say that the Lakers are going to get outside of their element trying to do that. Maybe they do. But one thing I will say about the small ball lineup, it is undoubtedly unlocked the best version of Russell Westbrook I think we might have ever seen. I mean, you touched on it. I mean, since January 1st, 33 points a game on 52% shooting. Uh, in the last 10 games alone, in the paint, 234 points in the paint in the last yep. in the last 10 games. I saw a stat that over a 20-game span, no one has had that many points in the paint since Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, exactly, Shaquille O'Neal, yeah, the last yeah. time in the last 20 years, that's the last time yeah. that we've seen that. But It's pretty unreal. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you've got to you've got to admire the way that they've gotten Westbrook to buy. I mean, he's taking way less threes per game. Uh, and basically doing exactly what you want Westbrook to do. I mean, he, again, this has unlocked the absolute best version that we've seen in, again, of him. So who are you the most afraid of in the Western playoffs? Coming up oh, here? man. Honestly, like, I, I see us in a four seed going in, and it's a pretty decent spot to be in. Dude, I, think, I, I think we match up better against the Lakers than we do the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, honestly, I'm not scared of anybody. There's not one team I look at that, Warriors, that I say right? we cannot beat. Yeah. But at the same time, I look at every, te- every team in the playoffs, and, I'm, and I, there's not one team that I say, Say they can't beat us. Yeah. Maybe outside Utah. Utah's been a terrible matchup, even though you saw them win with a buzzer beater. Yeah. But the fact is, for this small ball lineup to work, we have to hit shots. We cannot oh, go yeah. cold. And for us to for us to not go cold for four straight rounds, yep. that's that's the hard part. Well, dude, Daryl Morey's Captain Analytics, right? And I think uh, at the end of the day, it's math. It's if you shoot 53s and you're shooting 30, 35 percent, mm-hmm. you're probably going to win the game. Yeah, like, it's going to be very hard for the opposing team to keep up with that amount of points generated. So, and I think like our lineups that we're going against, I think probably we'll end up in a four seed and play Utah in the first round. Like you said, we just dominate Utah. Uh, it's pretty clear that this Lakers team doesn't have a lot of answers for the shooting that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think LeBron's going to get a lot of calls in the playoffs because he's LeBron James. But mm-hmm. uh, I think if we can get by that round, dude, you play maybe an exhausted Clippers team or 
God willing, we <sighs> get to play the Nuggets too, in the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. You know, like and the Nuggets still look good. The Nuggets might have home field against the Clippers and coming. Nuggets in here. are Nuggets so. are a bad matchup for us too. I mean, Jokic inside, he can do a lot of things. I mean, I just, I, but I think they can't keep up with our point generation, and that's what I'm afraid if of. If we the Clippers, can score, though, so. I mean, it's I mean, like you said, you asked me who I'm most who I'm most scared of. I mean, like I said, there's nobody in this in this playoffs that. The Rockets can't beat, but there's there's still not any team out there that the Rockets definitively will beat. Yep. I mean, it's just it all depends on their shooting. I mean, they are their own worst enemy. It as, is a fun year in the NBA, though, is. man. Because like you said, I mean, to back up what you said about not knowing who's going to win each series with the Rockets. Outside of that, I mean, like maybe the East looks dominated by the Bucks, but I still don't trust the Bucks. I mean, the playoffs. Dude, you, I don't know how you can say that the way I, the Bucks. Have I mean, played they played this like year, this last year, dude. Plus, like this, or, or their their point differential this is, the, is just incredible. Tell me what's different between this Milwaukee Bucks team and last year's Milwaukee Bucks. Team. I mean, okay, so they obviously they lost Brogdon, but I mean George Hill is playing out of his mind this year. I mean, I think he's shooting over fifty percent from three, which I know your your follow up is how can you expect that to last? But it is. They have. I mean, they've built the perfect team for Giannis. I mean, spread it out with shooters and let him go to work. Almost, yeah. It's almost like a. Uh, it's it's very similar it's to like what the Rockets Russell are doing with tall. Russell yeah. with, with Russell Westbrook. But I mean, their defensive prowess is incredible. I mean, they are basically. I think I heard this the other day. They're forcing teams to shoot the most amount of threes per game. So what that's what's that what that's showing yeah, me is they are getting bad, up. They're getting up shots. and they're forcing teams to take bad shots. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in this in this Bucks team. I mean, who I, else? Dude, who I, else in the East are you are you buying in that's going to go beat Milwaukee? There's no quiet out there. The 76ers, man. The, I mean, what are they nine and nineteen on the road? So yeah. if they, they got to go on the road for Milwaukee about in four a team games, with talent, man, that Ugh. just can't get it together. Philadelphia is so stressful to watch. But I mean, Boston's a good team too. I think Boston and Milwaukee are very similar in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. minus Giannis. Um, I like. I give the coaching edge to Boston. Uh, I, how are you discounting Toronto, who's on what a 16, 17, well, they or lost, was on a they sixteen lost, game winning streak until yeah. they ran into Indiana? Speaking of another one, I just think Indi- the Pacers are a good team. Uh, the Bucks are going to have Pacers are are bad first round matchup the for whoever's Bucks that are going seed. to have to play at least two hard rounds in the Eastern Conference. Now I don't know if they'll lose them, but I think they go to at least six or seven games. I don't I don't see these Bucks team winning either of those series in five games. Uh, I'll tell you this much: I, I, if you're asking me who who I'm taking for the finals, it's 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 Milwaukee. I, I will put money on them being in the finals and honestly I, I i don't see anybody in the west that's a great matchup for the bucks at this point so I, i'm a believer man in this uh, in them at this point I just, i've seen this too many i've heard of this Giannis story too many times but it's the same you know? th- it's the same thing that we, that we talk about it's like you think that there's no quiet that they got to go through yeah. i mean it, why why does anybody have any faith in the 76ers joel Embiid hasn't done anything in the playoffs and then on top of that you're talking about toronto yeah they're playing great ball pascal siakam has Completely. Didn't the 76ers beat the Bucks last year? No, Bucks. Uh, Bucks. Uh, Bucks lost to the uh, Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, that wasn't the. Okay. Yeah, but I mean. Oh yeah, game. That was the semis that Kawhi hit that crazy stupid shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the Raptors. I mean, the Raptors are a great team. Pascal Siakam. I mean, is completely. Yeah. What on earth? I mean, he's Pascal, completely. Re- where did you come he's from? Re- where did he, he go to college? This is what they talked about. Oh, where did he go to college? He's I have no idea. Dude. I think I want to say it's so insane to me that people. I want to say miss, it was like it was, it's like he's like an all star man. Like, how did people miss on this amount? of talent yeah you know, it, it's it was crazy. it was like a, it was a small school that he went to or a relatively small a small school it wasn't like a sometimes i don't i think you know like i watch a lot of sports i don't know what i'm talking about you know these experts they get all the answers and then you see something like mitch trubisky being drafted ahead of mahomes or pascal siakam new mexico state by the way that's where he went so yeah yeah exactly never, like you know like who, who but we knew who about him known? last year and the thought was okay well quiet we have He's no doubt it's gonna, it's gonna yeah. leave and they said Pascal's going to step up. He's going to give you some of the production, but we Which, didn't expect him to yeah, give you all the production. Yeah, that he's, he's 
literally a Kawhi clone for yeah. that team right now, maybe minus some of the defense. But still, it's it's just it's insane. But so, it, you the, can't discount the Raptors just like you can't discount the Bucks. I like, don't. I, mean, I don't. But I, at the same time, I'm going to take Giannis. I mean, Giannis is gonna, uh, yeah. probably going to win another MVP at this point. So, oh I, yeah, that's I, that's undoubted. That yeah, that's that's already done. So. Speaking of Giannis, though, did you? Uh, so they have the All Star game this weekend, which I I really don't care. Team to Giannis. Sp- I don't care to spend that much time on this. But Team Giannis. What was he thinking? I think Team LeBron might be the greatest, like, just just from, like, shock of seeing the names on yeah. paper. It's just, like, I've never seen. That's, like, a top ten. Five of those players could be, like, argued as top ten NBA players so all time. So, if, if, you like, ha- if you don't pay attention to what the NBA All-Star game does, which I can't blame you if you do. A lot of people, rightfully so, tune into the NBA after the All-Star game. But they now have a draft now. So, LeBron and Giannis are the team captains, and they draft the team. So, I think LeBron went first, had AD, and then... Uh, Giannis went there and picked Joel Embiid, and then LeBron got Kawhi, Harden, all these other guy, other guys. While Giannis drafted Pascal Siakam, uh, what uh, Fred Van Fleet I think was on the team or something like that, but basically created one of the worst Eastern or, or worst uh, All Star teams I've seen in quite some time. Um, you you want to know what my theory on this, Evan is? Hit me. Okay, so I, I don't know if you remember this, but me and Evan went went to the same school. What sixth grade on? So, do you remember seventh grade during PE for the last two? You're taking we- it back, dude. Man, seventh grade la- or seventh and eighth grade of junior high, the last uh, two weeks of PE that we had, our uh, our coaches in there let us run a little intramural basketball tournament where we got to pick our team and uh, we play like a little regular season and then a little playoffs. Is this about the chicken nuggets? This is the chicken nuggets. My <laughs> team was the chicken nuggets, and so I had an option. I could join a really good team where I probably wouldn't get the ball that much, but you know what? I said, I don't care about winning, man. I want to go out there and have fun. So I picked the four worst kids. I'm sorry out there if you're listening to them. I hope you don't remember. I picked the four <laughs> worst kids that I could possibly get so they would pass me the ball and I could shoot it the entire time. That is what is uh, what Giannis is doing with this All-Star game. He said, I picked you. Nobody else was going to pick you as high as I did. Give me the ball. I'm winning MVP if we win this game, and I'm shooting the ball every single time. Dude, Props you, to you, Giannis. You could also say he's doing the same thing with the Bucks, dude. Yeah, that's that's fair <laughs> enough. That, that's a fair thing. So, yeah, I mean, me. I, I think the moral of this story is I'm the same basketball player as Giannis. Yeah, obviously. So, yeah. you know, I was I was the Giannis of my eighth grade PE well, class. If you want to be Giannis, I'll be on Team LeBron all day. <laughs> we'll just beat you guys by 50 points again. I don't remember what team you were on, but – I guarantee your team. I think we oh, got we like won the, one. We won the championship two years running. I remember. You don't remember. back on junior high. Well, okay, what was your team name? I have no idea. Dude. Exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't so the, you remember it you won the championship, but you don't. Remember. It wasn't the chicken. Who was on your team? It wasn't the chicken nuggets, dude. I don't know what you want to go to rehash oh, wow. all everyone we went to junior high with. But on, you do remember that you won this oh, yeah, insignificant dude. intramural oh, yeah. tournament. In I remember all my P. wins. You know that. Oh. Now, if we would have lost, I wouldn't have remembered what happened. I wouldn't have been able to recall. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Well, props to you, Giannis. I see what you're doing out there, but man, you know what? Giannis and the chicken nuggets in the All Star game, baby. Yeah. I'll say this: the amount of parity that's going on in the NBA, though, it is going to make for a very fun second half of the season, and I'm excited to see this this small ball. I'm a believer in it so far. Whether or not it's going to work in the playoffs for the Rockets, that's another that's another uh, question in itself. All right, well, moving on here, uh, Evan. You know, I uh, haven't been on in a while. Did you did you see did you see who won the Super Bowl? I, I wasn't sure about that. Did, oh, yeah, did you did you possibly watch the Super Bowl? Yeah, I did watch the Super Bowl. Actually. Oh man, I yeah, did. I, I uh, can't really remember uh, what exactly happened. Um, well, here's what happened. Well, it all started probably uh, I forget which weekend of January this was, but it started at twenty four to zero. Let me tell you the story going from there, <laughs> dude. I mean, it, great great memories. It is pretty funny though to think about like if the Texans don't blow that game. 
there's a very real chance that they're getting their you, getting their butts kicked us, by the San Francisco blow it against, in the You're going to blow it against Tennessee. Oh, if you didn't we, blow it against Tennessee, you're going to blow it against oh, San yeah. Francisco. We would have blown okay? it against San Francisco, but we could have lost the Super Bowl, which means we could have been stuck with Devin's best friend, Bill O'Brien, forever. You already are, man. Oh, man. You're locked into so, that. Uh, De- All right, we'll talk about Devin, the Texans. Devin, my boy, I know why you didn't come on today, and it was because I was going to yell at you for your Bill O'Brien comments well, last week. What are you thinking about? What do you mean he hasn't had an opportunity? Dude, I, the Texans mortgage their future already. I Don't get me started on them. Laramie Tunzel can do whatever he wants to us. Deshaun he's getting Watson 20 million a year. He's going to be the highest paid left tackle on the Oh, for sure. Why wouldn't he be? Yeah. I mean, like, what are you like? He's going to walk gonna in there and say, you mortgaged all these first round yeah. picks on me. Yeah, you, you give you're going to pay me. I mean, I don't. we don't have any defensive weapons. I couldn't name two of our linebackers right now. Our secondary is awful. Linebacker's pretty good for you I guys. Mean, McKinney and Cunningham. Uh, is there. JJ done? Like, what do you do with JJ going forward? Secondary is the biggest thing, man. I mean, dude, the whole defense I have no trust in um we've got a lot of old people on we got carlos hyde and duke johnson in the backfield i guess we're gonna run that back lamar miller coming back i mean yeah no please don't play lamar miller (laughs) no one's gonna take up that contract are we still paying for him yeah i I mean i I don't know what the cap hit but i can imagine if it's gonna save him some money he'll be gone just do a brock osweiler thing trade another draft pick get him out of here we 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 talked about this and we've been talking about this yeah you know of course bill o'brien being named the gm on this one i I, we already know your thoughts from from the sentiments you're giving right now on this but it is funny that of all the years that they're going to wait and give him the general manager job it's when they've got two of the biggest contract situations coming up in probably in one of their franchise history i mean obviously deshaun watson is hitting the first year he's eligible for a new contract and laramie tunsell i mean is is going into free agency where they're going to have to pay him at this point uh, so I'll, 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 you got on the Texans topic, so I'll, I'll keep it here. I'll, I'll ask you this. The, the question, I think, of the offseason for the Texans is if you're Bill O'Brien, do you wait another year for Deshaun Watson's contract or you, do you get in front of it? Do I you, pay him. You go, do you go ahead and try and – I, I mean, because if Dash or Mahomes like, resets yeah, the market, it's He's going to be worth $5 to $10 million more a year next year. Like, it's, yeah. just, it's, a, it's a fact. So, I mean, I don't know how the cap situation looks. Like, like we got said, about 60 million, have, but well, you have a lot of other players to handle and you obviously have a lot of acquisitions mm-hmm. you need to make. If you, if you really believe in us as a contender, uh, the nice part about it though, is I don't think anyone in our division's a real threat again. I mean, if you really trust Ryan Tannehill and the Titans, go ahead and trust him. If I, he's even the quarterback next I, year. I don't, which, I, I, I just don't believe that a team that doesn't have their quarterback situation figured out is going to be a threat for someone with a top five to 10 quarterback like the Houston Texans have. Um, and yeah, I mean, like it's just, but yeah, you got to fix those issues on defense. The the thing is, Will, and we've talked this about this a lot with your Chiefs teams in the past. But who are you trying to beat? Who are you building your team around to get over that next hurdle, right? And for the Texans, it's been these elite quarterbacks in the playoffs that just tear us up, whether it be Brady or now Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And I think going forward, that's going to be our number one thing we need to address: is how do we beat the Chiefs? Mm. And I can't even name another team in the AFC. I'm afraid of like, the Ravens. Maybe I don't. I don't know if there's an easy recipe to do that. But like, where? What moves do you make from here? And that's what I think Bill's really walked himself into a corner on. I, he's got a great. He's got a big hill to climb. If he can do it, awesome. I hope Devin. I hope you're right, dude. I hope Bill's the guy. But he's had what seven years of being a coach here now. Uh, something a long like that. Time, yeah. Like so, if you if you haven't made the moves yet, Bill. You need to get it on it real quick. Um, I think it's as wide open as ever, though. I mean, outside of Mahomes and 
I don't believe in the Ravens. Okay, well, please, please don't mistake this and don't label me a Bill O'Brien apologist, even though I have defended him on multiple occasions. But the fact is, this past year was the first year that he had full control over the team. Yeah, he mortgaged the future. But at the same time, this was the best season that he's had as a Texans head coach. They got the playoff win. I mean, by all accounts, you have to say it was a successful season. I mean, they lost to the eventual Super Bowl champions, had a fighting chance in that. Yeah, however he blew it. But... I mean, I'm going to wait a year before I have such a judgmental take on Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I, personally, I think if I'm if I'm betting on this one, I think he's walked himself into a corner. He's bit off more than he can chew yeah. with this general manager job because th- the way these contracts are going to be structured, the way the market's going to get reset, I mean, he's got some important yep. decisions to make. And granted, yeah, you give $20 million a year to, to Tunsil, and you're, what, we're expecting anywhere probably 30 to $38 million a year for Watson if we're, if, if we're being generous for the Texans at, at this point. So, yeah, that's a big chunk of the cap space. But the fact is the NFL is an easy place to find cap space. So they can find things. But obviously, like you said, I mean, they're going to have to find a I way mean, to keep I'm, up with, with the Chiefs. And I'm not least. jumping ship. I think the AFC South is ours once again. Doesn't matter, Brian, four years in a row. <laughs> uh, or I guess, well, no, we didn't win. The no, they, they, uh, they lost. Uh, they've won it two years in a row yeah. now. But before, before they missed the playoffs, it was four years in a yeah. row for them. So anyway, regardless, um, yeah, I like who's going to maybe beat us I in, don't know if it's who's going to beat us in the division. I mean, who do you really trust in the AFC? Like, do you trust the Ravens to repeat this? Do you trust anyone in the AFC East? Like, I think it's like an NBA level now, right? Like, we're we're on that subject of parity where the Texans are one of the few contenders. Now let's go make some moves to get it done. And Bill's in a position where he should be able to make whatever moves he wants. Like, we're, we have a lot of limitations when it comes to cap space and like what contracts we're already tied into, but he can do it. So yep. we'll find out. We'll I mean, see. this is what he asked for. This is yep. the complete control that he wanted. I mean, this is I mean, this is almost more control than Bill than Bill Belichick has in New England. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, it, it it's going to be on him this next year. And I mean, the fact is, if he goes out there, he ties up all the Texans' cap space. He's already mortgaged the future. And if the Texans miss the playoffs this upcoming year, that's a recipe for somebody to get fired. Oh, for sure. So yeah, I mean, he, uh, you got a year or two left of doing this, Bill. Yeah, we got we to get somewhere. No, I'm saying this is this is the year. If they don't make the playoffs this year, and he goes out there, he gives Tunsil twenty million dollars a year. I mean, with Tunsil, absolutely without a doubt, he's getting fifteen to twenty million dollars a year. Watson, you got to expect is getting north of thirty million dollars. If you tie up that much money in two players for your first contracts that you're handing out as a general manager and you don't make the playoffs and on top of that you don't have a first round pick man he's done he is done very quickly I mean, so to be fair though there's a lot of teams in that position the chiefs are in that position i mean you guys already won your super bowl but at the same time like so much of your cap space is going to be tied up in Mahomes and Tyreek and Travis. If we, like you know, if we can just get one more year of Mahomes, if we can just say Mahomes, give us one more year, let us have oh, Sammy Watkins back. back. If we if we can get back. Sammy back, Watkins, we'll probably run it back with with yeah. or without Mahomes' new contract. It'll be but, the Chiefs versus the Cowboys and Brady in the Super Bowl. Oh so, gosh, you're, you're buying into that? Brady. No, I'm not. Brady's yeah. going back to New England. Everybody, stop talking about well, it. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So oh, let's turn our heads geez. to. The, I mean, as I why, as why I would he leave? Yeah. Well, okay, so it's not ju- it's not just Tom Brady, but I mean, this is the most loaded free agent quarterback class that we've ever seen. I mean, Philip Rivers, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Jameis Cam, you, uh, Tannehill. Speaking of Jameis, did you see the thing on him yesterday? Yeah, LASIK surgery. Yeah, yeah. I gotta go get, get that. Thir- get he's, got, he's got he's got he's oh, got thirty thirty. Oh man! All right, well, well, we'll start with Brady here. I mean, you don't believe he's leaving? No, he's at this staying point. in New England, dude. You're yeah. crazy. Like, what? Why would he leave? I, does Belichick? No one 
every other time this has happened with another great quarterback, like people want to point to Brett Favre or Joe Montana, they were forced out by another great quarterback who was mm-hmm. preceding them. Like this isn't happening here. There's no Jimmy Garoppolo still in New England. Uh, he's coming back, guys. Like this isn't even a conversation. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not a conversation. I'm not going to say there's zero percent chance that he doesn't. There's zero percent. He, he's absolutely thinking about it. But I'm with you. I mean, I the best. I mean, if we're going to look at it, if we're going to look at it outside of New England, there's not a great fit for him to uproot his family at 42 years old, go out there, you know, take his brand, uh, his brand away from basically his hub in in New England. Uh, you know, I, I firmly believe you've already seen the reports. The Patriots are going to are willing to pay him upwards of thirty million dollars. You know, I think at this point, it, you, he just wants to get more weapons. He wants to be ensured that they're not going to run into the same problems that he had this past year. And I brought this up last week with Devin. I, you have to have full faith that Belichick's going to go out there and land some weapons. I mean, think about it. The last time the Patriots lost in the playoffs uh, before you know before this past year, the Titans they gave up forty-one points to the Eagles. What did Belichick say after that Super Bowl? He said, defense. "I am never going to lose yep. because of my defense again." So what? They go out there win the Super Bowl the next year. This year they lose because of the lack of weapons. I guarantee you Belichick is already plotting ways that he's going to go out there and get some of the big name free agents. I mean, there's guys out there, AJ Green, Antonio Brown is seems like he's on the uh you know on the uh remorseful tour yeah. at this point. Oh, so there's yeah. a chance he comes back at this point. He stepped, they they let him down to the second floor of the insanity <laughs> ward. That's what they did. I'm just saying there's weapons out there and if if there's anybody that we trust to make changes in his organization to get them better, it's Bill Belichick. So yeah. I think Brady is going to realize that. I think Brady goes back there, but I'm not going to say it's beyond Brady at this point to go to go elsewhere. Now, if you're tell, if you're trying to convince me he's going to Las Vegas or or, or the, the Chargers, where he's going to have to see Mahomes twice a year no. and not going to have an offensive no, no, line no. in in Los Angeles, and he's going to have all the dysfunction that comes with a new a new city in Las Vegas, I don't buy that. Dallas. I, I wasn't a believer on it before, but Devin had some good points, and I'm I'm kind of coming around. I mean, as no, far as a pure man. football fit. As far as a football fit, I don't think Dallas is going to do it because they're not going to be willing to mortgage. I would buy a Brady jersey tomorrow, though. I'm going to be honest. Like if Jerry got that done, I think I think Jerry would be so happy to get to get that done. But it's just not going to happen. He's not going to leave. Okay. So. All right. Well, uh, so then I'll ask you. I mean, what is the best fit outside of New England for Tom Brady if he leaves? Just, at this point? Dallas has the best offense, the most complete team, I think, in my opinion. Like like you said, you don't want to go to the West and play Mahomes twice a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where anywhere else in the AFC that is necessary necessarily a fit maybe Tennessee but like it seems not a big not a big enough market for him it seems like Tannehill's kind of their guy so I well Tannehill's a free agent too I mean and if you don't come to a contract are you back to get Tannehill are you gonna but if they can't come to the contract terms I mean if Tannehill wants 20 20 25 million dollars they're gonna pay him 20 25 million dollars a year that's the new that is the new market for a mid uh mid above average quarterback there's no way that Tannehill is gonna repeat what he did this past year where he was one of the greatest quarterback passer ratings in the past however many years starter he's gonna be a top maybe I mean but look at how many teams who are struggling to find that quarterback who can fit their system and like drive their team to be a great offense. I think if you didn't see Marcus Mariota flounder with nearly the same offense, maybe they wouldn't pay Tannehill, but they've tried it with another guy. They've tried it with a guy who was number two overall pick. Like they're going to pay Tannehill. It's going to happen. So Tannehill stays in Tennessee, in my opinion. Uh, Rivers is gone, right? Like Rivers is not a Charger. That. We don't even know who the Chargers quarterback they is. They said be. they're gonna. It might be internal. You, you, Tyrod Taylor time version man, four. No, they're going in the draft. They're gonna. Tua's gonna be oh, available. Man. Somebody's gonna be. Uh, yeah. Herbert's gonna be available. Somebody's gonna be available for them. And uh, they're gonna. And whatever that quarterback is, is gonna be going into guy. a good situation. I know. I think it's a good situation. I don't like the Chargers. The offensive sure. line is very questionable. But I mean, it, you surround. Look what the Chiefs did with Mahomes. I mean, they put. 
I mean, this is almost, honestly one of the a very similar situation. I mean, the Chiefs' offensive line was not anything to write home about when Mahomes got there. They surrounded him with weapons, and look what happened. I mean, I think the Chargers are a good fit for a young quarterback, so we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, that being said, I mean, other guys. I mean, what, what do the Cowboys do with Dak at this point? I mean, are, are, do you pay them? Do you pay They're him? Do you franchise him? him? Do you They're let him walk? If you franchise him, he's not going to come back. I feel like I feel like they've already. He, he's going to come back for the right price tag. But yeah, it's just going to cost you way way more money. And then Mahomes will have his contract by then. I think. <sighs> well, it's, it's funny. I think uh, five years, two hundred million dollars. There's like three or four teams right four now in the NFL dollars. though who are like in the stand, like this deer in the headlights position of like, oh, you pay your guy first. Oh, you yep. pay your guy first. You know, and they're, everyone's kind of looking for someone else to make the move. But that's why the Texans, Texans are in that group too, man. They need to get in front of this. They need to do what the uh, Eagles did with Carson Wentz. They need to get ahead of the market, go out there, extend Deshaun Watson how, before it's too late. How about XFL? You got time for XFL? You going to the game this weekend? Sure. Well? Oh, I mean, hey, we went to the first game. Uh, that man, was a great I, time, dude. Yeah. That was fun. I got to say, that was a good game. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I, I had questions about, about whether it was going to you know, feed my fix for football until, what, we get to the NFL draft or whenever it ends. But it was good football. Yep. It was it was entertaining to watch. It was good to see June Jones back out there doing the run and shoot like he did you know, at SMU yep. and other places like that. So... It was fun. I, you know, I, I'm sh- I'm not sure I'll be going this weekend, but I'll definitely be going again. That's yep. for sure. No, yeah, it's a good time. Hey, it's a like you said, it's a filler. It's yeah, not, it's, not it's quality get, football. Yep. It's good quality football at you know, this point. It's, and it's it's Kroger brand, right? <laughs> but you know, it's uh, it'll 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 do until HEB opens back up. It's, so we're it's gonna be good. Fun, it's fun to see the guys that you know didn't get a shot. Cardell Jones. I mean, I shoot. I remember after he won that national title for Ohio State and he played what maybe three games at that point people were talking about him being the number one overall pick at that point just on the three games alone and then we we, he just completely fell off so welcome to the XFL yeah it's fun to see him it's fun to see the guys that you know didn't get a shot I mean PJ Walker for the for the Houston Roughnecks at this point they're fun team it's a fun fun team and it's a great environment great highly recommended clear light get up there go go support the uh the 14 14 to 25 dollar tickets basically Uh, actually this this one's more expensive I'm gonna say I think it was like 40 to 50 but still Uh, absolutely worth it get out there go enjoy it it's fun it's cheaper it's cheaper than a Texans game you get to see wonderful TDECU stadium Home yeah. of my Houston Cougars. It's good. I mean, it's oh, dude, about Cougar basketball. Time. By the way, best. We didn't even talk about the best team in Houston. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Sure. If you want, if you go ahead. Here, here hey, Mike no, is yours. Hey, once go again, ahead. all I gotta say is Houston Cougars. We got a lot of length. We got we got some depth. Kelvin Sampson's got the boys playing. We just beat up on a sorry Wichita State squad. You know, one of the best teams in the American Conference. And I think we're going at least to the Sweet Sixteen, maybe the Elite Eight. But everybody, get out, support your Cougars. Uh, Big, big game March 1st against Cincinnati. We have a little one coming up against Tulsa as well. I believe it's Tulsa. But either way, go support those Houston Cougars. Best team in Houston. Scandal-free Calvin Sampson. I was about to say, that this is the one that, a question I'll have for you as a Cougars fan. Over under a year and a half before Calvin Sampson gets hit with more recruiting uh, I, I violations. I thought you were going to say over under one and a half recruiting violations he's already had oh. this year. Um, <laughs> well, we're, he's already over that in his career. Yeah, I mean, he's def- been chased no, out I, of two, thought, two places. I was going to say how many violations. players on our roster are here because of recruiting violations. Yeah. Dude, just let them do it. Just pay the players again. One, another, there's another volatile topic for you. Will yeah. pay the players? I'll, I'll say Ridiculous. this: I do, right now, as long as it's clean, you got. I do respect what the Cougars have done, but it's going to be the same problem that they they had last year. As soon as they run into an elite team with some with some size, they're done. These referees just want a big market team, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know, before we go, uh, I mentioned this earlier. I want to transition to this a little bit. Oh Man. yeah. Uncut Gems. We uh, watched movie. that movie last night, and yeah, this is, this qualifies as a sports movie a little bit. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of gambling, but I saw it last night and I had to stew with a lot of my thoughts on this one. First thing I'll say, I'm never watching that movie again. Oh, yeah. Very, but, very Requiem of a Dream. But the second thing I'll say about this is, man, 
hell of a job by Adam Sandler. I mean, the, I was thinking back on it, and as I as I was thinking back on it, I don't remember ever thinking, oh, that's Adam Sandler. That's Happy Gilmore yep. out there yeah, right. acting. Yeah. He did a hell of a job acting, it's but the at the same boy. time, man, that movie, I, not that I'm expecting it to be some comedy or something, but I do see Adam Sandler in it, so I'm like, oh, you know, he's he's got some prowess as an actor, I, you know, but I expect there to be a little bit of comic relief. There's gonna be some, you know, something in there, but if it's any comedy, it's dark comedy. Man, that was just, without a doubt, the most stressful movie I've watched for, what, two, and, two hours, oh, 11 yeah. minutes? Yeah, it was long, too. It's just, it's, it's basically, for those of you who haven't seen it, and are on the edge about watching the movie. It's basically Adam Sandler making just terrible life decisions for two hours when when the correct answer is clearly in front of him, and then people trying to kill him afterward for making said decisions. So if that's your type of movie, you want to watch Adam Sandler put a sixteen part or what was it, a fifty thousand dollar six six way parlay? Six way or yeah, and the end was like the the final bet was like a three way parlay but. for a hundred grand or something like that. So, but uh, yeah, dude, it's interesting. KG did good in it too. Yeah. I didn't know Kevin Garnett could act, but he did well. Yeah, so, he did. He did. Yeah. I guess it's not too hard to play yourself. But I'll, I'll ask you this: yourself. you you are a borderline uh, gambling fiend at yeah, this point. Ahead. So uh, degenerate, when, yeah. That last bet that he made, which we're not gonna we're not gonna spoil. Oh, dude, spoil it's the wonderful. Movie. But the last bet that he made, he I mean, the we, inside we don't scoop, remember dude. what happened. But he's like you; he's got the insider information, dude. This you is know? why you have a problem. This is why you're gonna turn oh, into Adam, hey, Sam, Adam Sandler hey, someday. This is me. <laughs> this is how I win. Oh my gosh, man! <laughs> oh wow! But yeah, I, I'm just sitting there watching those movies. And the things that he does, I mean, I literally cannot uh, think of a more stressful movie. So you know what? If there's a if there's a small masochist in yourself, go out there, watch this movie. It is it is without a doubt the most painful movie that I've ever watched. But at the same time, brilliant. I it, I don't think Adam Sandler was nominated for for an Oscar for this, but he deserved been. it. Yeah, it he great. absolutely deserved it. He did it. a great job. Oh, but hey, you know, one of these days, I, it, there'll be the perfect bet out for you there, Evan. You know, yeah, it might definitely. cost you your life. I'm, I'm going to run into Kevin Garnett, and I'm going to be like, $100,000 five-way parlay. Let's do this thing. It'll oh, be good. Wow. Well, this was fun, man. This yeah. was this was a fun show. You know, I, hey, I mean, uh, come on next week. We'll have a lot more to talk about. We'll be one week closer to uh, to uh, spring training. But, uh, you know, at, I, I'm just – I need baseball season to get here, man. I'm just – I'm I'm twiddling my thumbs We're at this point. We're in the dog days. We're yeah, in the dog sure. days of summer. I have to constantly. It's it's one day after another where we hear the Astros screwing it up somehow. We need a Houston hockey team or something, you know? Ooh, that's not happening anytime soon. <laughs> I, I I know very little about hockey. I have a very superficial amount, but one thing I know it's going to be a long time before the Houston gets another hockey team here. So. But it's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be fun once baseball season gets here, at least for the on-field action that goes there. Off-field stuff is going to be a nightmare. I think, it, it, you know, honestly, somebody was saying, I think Altuve might set the record for hit-by-pitches uh, this next year, even though he didn't have anything to do with it. He didn't want to use the trash cans. I'm telling you out there, people, heed my words here. Jose Altuve did not use the trash can. He was against it. Not that he was against it from a moral perspective, but he said that he he needed full concentration at the plate and he couldn't deal with trash uh, banging trash cans. I know this, people. Just trust me on this, okay? Insider scoop from Will right there. Faith, all right? He didn't use it. All right, well, yeah, that's all the time that we have for today. Yeah, make sure that you tune in next week. We're going to have another great show. Might have Chuck and Steven back, Suburban Menace. Oh, hey, Chuck, Steven, if you guys aren't on, I'm, I'm cropping out my face and I'm putting it over your guys on the promotional ads. I'm just telling you right now, so. Okay, all right, hey, I, I think we can make, we might be able to make that happen, but I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm going to do my guys like that. So, yeah, we'll make sure you tune in next week. Evan, thank you, as always, for joining the Suburban Menace himself, joining us today. Uh, but make sure you tune in next week. We'll have a great show. Everybody have a great day. You've been listening to Wildcard Sports on Clear Lake Today. Radio.